powerful woman, Queen Victoria, mourned the passing of her husband. It's not for any of the Queen's subjects to presume to tell Her Majesty when and where she should come out of mourning. And refused to carry out her public duties. Her popularity is waning. Should we take it seriously? The question is, do we need her? And no one can console her. When a Scottish Highlander came to visit, things began to change. My husband was always very complimentary in speaking of you. Honest to God, I never thought to see you in such a state. You must miss him dreadfully. What is he doing there? If ever a poor soul needed some fresh air, it's her. Lift your foot, woman. Are you sure Her Majesty is up to such a long journey? If I didn't think she was up to it, I wouldn't let her go, would I? Now, this common man and the nation's leader are about to form a most unlikely partnership. Thank you, John. She was drunk, I tell you. No, she wasn't. No doubt you've heard the rumors. Fear the influence he has on her. She must be persuaded by someone she respects to abandon this ridiculous favoritism. Tell her the Prince of Wales wishes to speak with her urgently. Deaf as well as stupid. Do you know who you address, sir? Whom you address? The royal family. They are demanding the dismissal of Mr. Brown. Sometimes I feel Brown is all I have left of Albert. Another attack Brown, too. Miramax Films presents the story of an extraordinary friendship that transformed two lives. <laughs> and changed the destiny of the world's greatest empire. Without you, I cannot find the strength to be who I must be. Judy Dench, Billy Connolly, Anthony Scher, in the critically acclaimed film, Mrs. Brown. Ah, well, welcome. This is the Dr. Zeus Film Podcast. This is going to be an inclusive show. So 25 years ago, Dame Judi Dench really fell into American audiences with this film. Now, she'd been a Bond girl, a Bond woman, sorry. Um, I love what she said about that one. She says that when she was approached about it, her husband said, I've longed to live with a Bond woman, her late husband. Um, and then she was in a room, a room, uh, with a view in 1987, but American audiences, except for, um, her TV show, which played on PBS, um, as time goes by from 1992 to 2005, she wasn't really known in the States. Her Majesty, Mrs. Brown changed that. She was nominated for an Oscar. She won a Golden Globe. She won a BAFTA. And then the next year, she won an Oscar for playing Queen Elizabeth in Shakespeare in Love for eight minutes. But Her Majesty Mrs. Brown, for me, that's, that's the best film right there. And then she played Queen Victoria again in 2017 in um, Victoria and Abdul. You know, it was good, but... Her, Her Majesty Mrs. Brown is better. Directed by John Madden. Starring Judi Dench 
as Queen Victoria, and Billy Connolly as Mr. Brown, Mr. John Brown. It came out in July of 1997, July 18th to be exact, in September of, uh, of 1997 in Great Britain. Legendary film. I love this film. I love the cinematography of the film. I know, that's the nerd in me. It was nominated for Best Makeup and Best Actress. What, what an amazing film. Of course, a period piece drama. Originally, so th- these are things that I didn't know. And, and, I, and I'm so glad that um, they brought it to cinema. I really am. So, the film was produced by BBC and Akose Films with the intention of being shown on BBC One and WGBH's Masterpiece Theatre. However, it was acquired by Miramax and released to unexpected success, going on to earn $9 million worldwide. Yep. And we know about it. You know, Queen Victoria was in mourning... Her, she had lost her husband, uh, Prince Albert, and John Brown, who was a very good friend of hers, and Prince Albert. He came into the fold. What an amazing film. What an amazing story. And that trailer really just gives you a taste of the relationship. And how it really, it really changed the British, the British Empire. Because she finally had someone who didn't treat her as a queen. He treated her as a woman. So the moniker, Mrs. Brown, used both at the time and in the film, implied an improper and perhaps sexual relationship. The film does not directly address the contemporary suspicions that Victoria and Brown had had a sexual relationship and perhaps even secretly married, though cartoons from the satirical magazine Punch are shown as being passed around in Parliament. One cartoon is revealed to the camera, showing an empty throne with the scepter lying unhanded across it. As a result of Victoria's seclusion, especially at Balmoral Castle in Scotland, something initially encouraged by Brown, her popularity begins failing as Republican sediment begins growing. Oh, it sounds like today. Prime Minister Benjamin Disraeli, Disraeli's hold over the House of Commons is weakening as there is a fear of rising anti-monarchal sentiment in the country. He convinces Brown to use his influence with Victoria to persuade her to return to the performance of her duties, especially the speech from the throne at the opening of Parliament. So yes, his influence on her, I mean, think about that. She is in mourning. This is this is someone that deeply cares about her. And um yeah, there there are so many great moments in this film. I loved it. There's a part where they go to a house and they're drinking <laughs> and they're telling stories and yeah, I I really enjoyed it. Dame Judi Dench, such an amazing actress probably one of the most popular right next to uh, Dame Maggie Smith. In fact, they did a 
documentary together called Tea with the Dames. And it was hilarious. It was uh, Maggie Smith, Joan Plowright, uh, Judy Dench, and um, Eileen Atkins talking about what it means to be a dame. Yeah. But Her Majesty Mrs. Brown, I mean, the fact that it's 25 years old. That says something right there. 1997. My goodness. I think many of us know where we were back then. Come on. And, and strangely enough, Gerard Butler, before he was an action star, is in this film. I've loved it. You know, there's, there's something to be said about a period piece of that magnitude. So, I mean, when I first watched it, I, I think we had guests over and they were all watching the Halloween movies. <laughs> and they stumbled upon my room and saw me watching it. And then I fell asleep and they told me they saw naked hippies. And I was like, Okay. And, you know, it wasn't about hippies, but whatever. People people assume things just by one clip. So that's, that's uh, what you have. And then Billy Connolly. Let me just say, Billy Connolly should have been nominated for Best Actor for Mrs. Brown alongside Judy Dench. For Best Actress. You know who won? Who beat out Judy Dench for Mrs. Brown? Helen Hunt. Helen Hunt really hasn't done a lot of movies. Her two nominations. One was the win for As Good As It Gets. And the other is for The Sessions. Her Best Supporting Actress. Judy Dench received her first Oscar nomination. For... Mrs. Brown. Now, she has gone on. This is interesting. And nothing against Helen Hunt. I like Helen Hunt, but come on. For as good as it gets. Okay. Mm. So, Judy Dench was nominated for Best Actress for Mrs. Brown. She won the next year for Best Supporting Actress in Shakespeare in Love. She was nominated for Best Supporting Actress in Chocolat. She was nominated for Best at Lead Actress in Iris, Best Lead Actress for Mrs. Henderson Presents, Best Lead Actress for Notes on a Scandal, Best Lead Actress for Philomena. Oh, that's such a powerful film. And previously this year was nominated for Best Supporting Actress for Belfast. Oh, God, that's such a powerful film. Yeah. She was uh, a dame of the British Empire in 1988. Yes. Yes. But Her Majesty Mrs. Brown is just magical. You know how we always talk about actors and they have that one film? For me, it's Mrs. Brown. That is just... If she'd never done another film, I mean, come on. (sighs) Roger Ebert said, the late Roger Ebert, it's, 
it is not about sexual love or even romantic love, really, but about that kind of love based on challenge and fascination. He called Judy Dench wonderful. Connolly has the reserve and self-confidence that most stand-up comics lack almost by definition. Yeah, because he's really funny in this film. Now, the British Academy, they really love this film. It received a Best Film nomination, Best British Film, Best Lead Actor in a, uh, in a Leading Role. Billy Connolly was nominated. And Judy Dench won for Best Actress in a Leading Role. It was nominated for Best Screenplay, Best Costume Design at One, Best Makeup, and Best Production Design. So that says something right there, is that the British Academy Awards gave it a lot of love. Even at the uh, Screen Actors Guild, Billy Connolly was nominated. He wasn't nominated for the Oscar. Judi Dench won the Golden Globe for Best Actress in a Drama. And then the unofficial sequel, where uh, she plays Queen Victoria again in Victoria and Abdul, directed by Stephen Fears. And it was good. It was different. But Her Majesty Mrs. Brown, what a what a... What a magical moment. And, um, yeah. Uh, the great Billy Connolly. Oh, my goodness. Here's Judy Dench and Billy Connolly talking about it. It was the best thing I've ever done, I think. And the, the, uh, the thing was, I was offered it when there was no script. It just, it just, it just had the idea. It wasn't written yet. And they said Judy Dench for Queen Victoria, and I said, "Oh yeah." No, they said Bob Hoskins for Queen Victoria. No, I told, I told him to tell you that you were second choice. I was forced to say who the other one was. Tell him it was Bob Hoskins. Because it had an effect on your career. Didn't it? I mean, that sort of, uh, I mean, that was the start really of your film career, wasn't it? In a sense? Yes, it, it, yes, it was. Yeah. I mean, I, I'd done a very few films before that. No, it was thanks to that, and that was for television. We yes, you've done very well. We did. Um, <laughs> Let's be, let's be reminded, this, I just love this, one of my favorite all-time scenes. There's a very powerful and a very moving scene as well between the two. There's a real wonderful chemistry going on here. Just let's be reminded of it. Let's have a look. You talk about duty! When duty and safety are served by the same hands, then I, I do! I cannot believe you're saying this. You who I relied on all this time. I have relied on you my duty. After all you promised me. I've broken no promise. You're forcing me to do the very thing you knew I fear most. Sake, woman, I'm trying to see you safe. I will not hear any more about my safety. You made me a promise and now you've broken it. When I took you out riding, come rain or shine, because I knew it was right for you. When I got the bairns off your back just to give you a bit of peace. When I saw you safe from home to home, when you didn't even know if I was there. All I ever thought about was you. Then why send me back to mm. them? Because I have to. You don't listen to me, woman. Do not presume to talk to your queen in that manner. That, 
It's very, very But at the fun. time, it was great to do because uh, it's, it's lovely acting with people like Dame Judy and all the other cast who were astonishing as well. Because when you're up against someone like this, you, you, you can't stand and wave your arms around. You know, you just have to get on with it when you're being acted at and the way I was being acted at. There's, there's no other, other response than by acting. Because it all becomes kind of real. It's, it's a very strange feeling for me. It was, it was a, a nice was movie, movie. A nice memory of it. Like Seventeen that. takes to get me off a horse, wasn't it? Oh my God! And then when you, because we kept getting stuck together with microphones and things, <laughs> I would help her off the horse, and it would become entangled in all the cables, and the horses fought in the middle. Remember, the two horses reared up, and started. I thought we we're going to die. And it wasn't bad enough with the farting horse in the first place. Farting horse. Yeah, with the farting horse, this white horse. That, Judy was riding on, and I was reading the mail. And he used to she'd be reading away, and they go, <laughs> <laughs> It's the most wonderful thing. And it could do that lovely walking fart, and he's going, <laughs> 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 But thank you very much indeed, Dame Judy Dance. Thank you. Actually, I want to remind you of a time you were on the show not too long ago with another dame. I remember. Uh, with Sharon Osborne. And a moment in that which, uh, well, I don't know. I mean, your reputation is really. <laughs> Let's have a look at this. You know how we used to, if we were a little bit lonely, sometimes we'd, we'd lean on the... Spin dryer? Yes, the spin dryer. <laughs> Yeah. You should do a record, Songs for Mature Lovers. <laughs> <laughs> songs for very mature lovers. And <laughs> yes. um, look at this, your, your co-star. Please, please, he used to be very serious when I knew him. Did he? Oh, yes. When I you was. Doing, when, I was Mr. Very oh, when I was Mr. Brown, I yes. was deadly serious. He was. Yes. That would be a great part for a Scotsman to do, under Mr. Brown. I mean, he must have delighted people. It was an astonishing thing to do. Yes. It was the best thing I've ever done, I think. And the... the yeah. uh, so yeah, we're going around and around. <laughs> That's Billy Connolly and Jame, Dame Judy Judy Dench on uh, Parkinson in Great Britain in two thousand and seven. So thank you for joining me on the Doctor Zeus Film Podcast as I tuck you all in tonight, Mrs. Brown. Because I know many of you want to watch it. <coughs> Excuse me. And I keep that in. You know, some people edit it out. Like I've said before, you cannot edit life out. Mm. Your viewing options. It's on the Roku channel, Amazon Prime, YouTube, Google Play, and Apple TV. It is also available on DVD, on Blu-ray. Such an amazing film. I hope all of you enjoy it. I have loved it for 25 years. It it made me a fan of Dame Judi Dench. And Bill, I'd always loved Billy Connolly. I remember Billy Connolly 
took over on head of the class. So I've I've been aware of him for a long time. But this story of Queen Victoria and John Brown, I don't think any of us were aware of it. The British public was, but as much of it as they are aware of, we won't ever know. That's the beauty of the story. Was it a love affair or was it just two friends being connected in their grief? As always, unpleasant dreams. Thank you.